Hello, Sarah. Hello, Kim. Happy 63rd episode. Wow, really? That's amazing. <laughs> what an arbitrary anniversary. <laughs> but we've been looking up our data this morning in order to prepare for today's episode. And that that's an impressive number. I like the feel of 63. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting number. I'm, it's been I'm a happy, happy 63. Yes, it's been a, a almost a life-saving 63, I would say. I totally agree. What a good year to have started and thrown ourselves into a podcast. <laughs> I mean, why not? To have unwittingly started and thrown ourselves into a podcast, I feel like. And we are so appreciative to folks out there who are listening to us. We're kind of amazed by it. We had 2,582 downloads. I know, which, what did we decide that was a little over 40 listens an episode? Yeah, I think it was like 41, 42 listens per episode, which is pretty incredible. Thank so, you for listening and hopefully for coming back. Hopefully some of you are repeat listeners and you don't just hear one and, and run away. <laughs> yeah. We want to know if, if we make you run away, we want to know that. But we also want to know if you're there, like we would love to connect with you. Yes. So we've got a Twitter, we've got the Instagram, we've got the Facebook, lots of different ways to get in contact with us. We'd love, love, love to hear from you. That's sometimes how we get our really great ideas is hearing from other people and uh, finding out that way what you want to hear. And I, I feel like of our 62, now 63 episodes, quite a few of them have been ideas that have been sparked through interactions, especially morning meeting. Yeah. So let, yeah, let's talk about morning meeting because that's, we, we actually started this podcast right around this time last year, right? Maybe December. We're so young and innocent. Yeah. With Jenny Chu and we had <laughs> this whole idea of different segments we were going to have and everything. And then COVID-19 happened <laughs> and we kind of did a big old pivot. Sure did. Crazy pivot. But it, I think that we were talking about our, our favorite parts of the year. And I think that pivot was one of my one of my very favorites. We started morning meeting when we realized that there was this incredible outpouring of resources to help parents and teachers make it through the pandemic with their young children back when we thought the pandemic was going to be a few weeks of shutdown. And it was really hard to figure out what was high quality, what was worthwhile, how to navigate it to figure out what you could do with your child while you were working from home or while you were in the middle of something. So we started morning meeting to try to highlight the resources that were really great and to give kids challenges to kind of keep them busy and give adults some room to breathe. And then it grew into something big and wonderful. And, and we ended up having 29 guests for our morning meeting episodes, 29 guests. I know that's crazy. Because we recorded four days a week, which was also crazy. <laughs> that was pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> but definitely in those early days, I was so grateful to have that time where I knew I was going to be connecting with somebody mm -hmm. and maybe more than one person if we had guests. And also just the edit, you know, it was actually good to be able to have a job. <laughs> like I have to edit this episode because I got to get it out. <laughs> yeah. And I loved one of the hardest transitions for me was from seeing all of my favorite tiny people at school every day to not seeing kids really ever, except over Zoom, which is just not the same. And so interacting, having people interact with the episodes and getting the messages and the jokes and the voice recordings and sometimes voicemails, like hearing from kids the way they were reacting to our episodes and knowing that they 
it was sparking something fun around their, you know, breakfast table or that they were working on something with their siblings. It provided a way for me to interact with and still get to be a part of kids' lives, which was something I really enjoyed this year because I missed that. Oh, and the jokes and the riddles. (laughs) I know that you wish we could still do those. I do, but the quality did go down a little bit as as, um, Googling new jokes got harder. (laughs) So I feel like we stopped just in time to save it from getting really bad. Oh, good, good, good. And then we pivoted uh, again after our distance learning, you know, experience ended and are trying to do a weekly-ish podcast. And we found that we had, we enjoyed having guests so much that as much as much as possible, we're trying to bring guests on so we can highlight what they're doing. And we've tricked so many incredible people into talking to us. That was right before we started recording. We were like, how did we get 17 guests who are doing unbelievable things to sit down and talk to us? Um, I guess if you have like a well-made graphic, people think you're the real deal, but we have been lucky enough to have 17 guests talking to us about the work that they're doing at the intersection of tech and literacy. So many of these people are doing things to help their communities. They're kind of finding a need and doing their best to fill it. They're using technology and literacy to get there. I mean, I've learned so much and been so inspired by the guests that we've had over the course of the year. Yeah. And we're just looking forward to that continuing. We know there's so many folks out there doing incredible things and cool projects. And again, if you know of something happening, please let us know. And I promise you, just because you contact us doesn't mean we're going to make you come on air with us. (laughs) But you should. But you should. Yeah. Because it's a lot of fun. It is. My favorite guest, I, that's not a great way to start. I can't pick a favorite. But the ones that kind of stick out in my mind the most are our student guests, our younger guests, just because they make me so hopeful and excited. And so having Amari, Bella, and Lindley on, those are the sisters that designed our sign-off, our tech love and happiness. And I think of them every time we say it. Having Brahanu and Zara and Haley, Izzy and Spicer, Mary and Selly, just getting to talk to young people and hearing how passionate and excited and driven they are, I think was one of the big highlights of the year for me. How about you? Yeah, I I have to agree. Um, Student guests are the best (laughs) because they are so full of passion, but also so full of optimism, even in this time, which Mm -hmm. really blew me away. So, you know, when you need that, a little jolt of, knowing that there's good things to look forward to in the future. Listening to the students is always a great thing. Yeah. It's like a happy little shock. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I really liked is discovering like these amazing things happening in Charlottesville that I had no idea about, like the Waggy Labs, entrepreneurship uh, Mm -hmm. stuff with Chick Thompson, Steam Discovery Academy Mm -hmm. with Liesl, Steam Kits, which we just learned about last week. Mm -hmm. And then even, you know, The Data Science Institute is new at UVA, so hearing from somebody who's been through that program, yeah, just a lot of cool stuff happening in Charlottesville. And so many, so many guests that found their path in unusual or unexpected ways, and so many women who were not sure that they would be able to, who didn't know if tech was for them and then paved their way forward anyway. Like I'm thinking of Melissa Phillips, who was a teacher and then was like, you know what? I love data science. And I'm thinking of Cami, who is in school for computer science right now and sometimes get messages from the people around her and from 
the media that she takes in that computer science isn't a path for someone like her. And she's like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. Bye. Um, <laughs> but hearing from these people who maybe didn't know if it was going to work and said, I'm going to go for it anyway. And so many of our guests are local and so many of the cool things happening are local. And if you're not from Charlottesville, it's not a big place. No, I don't know that I would call it a huge tech startup kind of lots of small businesses, lots of entrepreneurship, but I have been really surprised at how many people are doing really incredible cutting edge tech and STEAM related work just in our, in our little town. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, you know, it does help that the university is here because it seeds Mm -hmm. a lot of ideas and it is, you know, it is a cool place to live. Thus Mm -hmm. living here 20 plus years versus going back to Austin after we thought, we thought this was going to be a temporary move for us. When we came, little did we know that it would. Mm-hmm. That's always how it turns out, yeah. isn't it? You're like, we'll just stay for a little bit. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are some highs and lows, or I guess you call them roses and thorns for you? I, you? I can't. Once you've taught kindergarten, you just can't. <laughs> you just can't stop. For some reason, kids uh, they really understand rose, thorn, bud. And, and like peaks and valleys better than highs and lows, but I can be a grown up. <laughs> there were lots of highs and lows of this year. And I was mentioning to Kim before we started, I have a brain that very naturally thinks of all the highs and I really had to push myself to think about the lows. So what do, what do we want to talk about first, our highs or our lows? Whatever you'd like. In our house, we have a start with the low rule. Like okay. we always do what was the worst part of your day first so you can end on a high note. Maybe that's why I remember all the good parts because yeah. that's what yeah. we talked about last. I think my lows this year were probably pretty universal. I've missed my people. I miss being around my people. We have been very cautious, very careful since day one. And so when schools shut down, when businesses closed, that was it. We've been in the house. We have not seen people indoors or for extended periods of time for, you know, months and months and months now. And so I miss my people. We're not seeing family for Thanksgiving. We didn't see family for Thanksgiving. We're not seeing family for Christmas. And it's been so wonderful to have Zoom, but I definitely, definitely miss the people that I love. I I don't have a huge extended network, but I'm very attached to the network that I do have. (laughs) So I miss them a lot. And I, I experienced some unexpected burnout this year. I think things that I thought I would love having more time to pour into, I ended up wanting to push away from. I've been running a blog for almost 10 years now. And have cycled through once a week, once a month, once a day kind of posting. And it has been almost silent this year. There just hasn't been a lot of posts there. It hasn't felt good. And when I sit down to write, it's just not there. And I normally love social media, love writing for social media and sharing. And I really, really pushed away from that this year. And I don't, I'm interested to see, I don't know if that's going to come back. I don't know if that is a permanent I'm getting older and it doesn't attract me the way that it used to kind of shift or whether that's a right now, that's the only way to connect with people. And I'm just on screens too much kind of thing. But I was surprised by the things that I burned out on and the things that I didn't. That was a a weird surprise for me. And just watching COVID unfold and watching the way it's impacted people that I do know and that I don't know. And the things that it's exposed about the way we live and and the inequities in our world. And that's been hard to watch. In our morning meeting episodes, 
we asked kids to consider keeping a journal because we're living through a moment in history. And I tried that and I made it maybe a week. Yeah. And then I was like, this is too sad. I have too many feelings. Like this is so, <laughs> it is, it was so hard to put the words down and have to look at them and record the numbers and what was happening. And I was like, you know what? Someone else can write it down. I'm just going to focus on living it and, and being okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll jump off there. The news was just overwhelming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did have to change my social media habits so that I would not, you know, especially at the end of the day, uh, I just can't look at, I just found I couldn't look at news or anything like that at the end of the day, even NPR, because yeah. mm-hmm. I'd be so stressed out. But I think I I've wonder- mentioned before, you know, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, so I'm, we've been super careful as well, but just mm-hmm. re- even reading stuff can, you know, trigger that like, oh my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. Especially uh, uh, like we're, when we're dealing with the disease that has symptoms that are like, you might feel a little funny or like something might smell weird. It's like, I smell weird all the time. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. Right. You have a stuffed nose or a sore throat or just any little thing. Yeah, Yeah. uh, for sure. So of course that has been very stressful and you know, the same as you uh, missing family and friends. We have also been super careful, uh, not going out. And we've been outside a lot. So, you know, that's been a, I know that's, we're not supposed to do highs yet, but at least it's gotten, (laughs) you know, gotten us out and about more. And of course I'm sad for tech girl stuff that we haven't been able to do, especially Mm -hmm. girls geek day. So, you know, every, every, not every Saturday, once a month on a Saturday, I always had a date with Girls Geek Day. And even early in the morning, I'm going, when I'm on my way there, I'm like, oh, why do I, why am I doing this? (laughs) You know, that three hours, oh my gosh, there's just really nothing like it. And so I really hope, you know, we'll be able to rekindle that um, once this is all over and travel. We, my husband and I love traveling and, you know, that's just really, we've tried camping. And you had a camping, right? <laughs> you, it's, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> you had a really positive review after your first trip. So maybe maybe it's worn off a little bit. <laughs> the, la- the, the last one was uh, colder. And I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> and when you came back from your first camping trip, I asked my husband, I was like, you know, can we camping? He said it was really fun. And he was like, firm no. <laughs> he was like not even entertaining that idea because we obviously haven't traveled either, which is normally one of the big ways that we unplug. We both can be a little workaholic, but when we travel, we leave devices behind and are totally engaged in our travel. And so not having that has, has made it really hard to unplug. Yeah, for sure. All right. So there's the, there's the thorns. What are the roses? So many roses. I, th- I think at the top of our lists, we both have the same rose was that we both took a big leap into something new this year. You know, mm-hmm. I started out the year in a place that didn't feel quite right. And I didn't know how to move and how to fix it and how to start something new that felt better. And the universe just kind of dropped that into my lap this year. So <laughs> taking a leap into something totally new with my work has been really, really great. And I have enjoyed the challenges of this job way more than I ever expected. And also this podcast, totally new. You and I had never done anything remotely podcast related. I don't think I'd ever heard a recording of my voice before, (laughs) before we recorded our first episode. And I think 
almost everything that is a high from this year kind of boils down to discovering new things. As an introvert this year, I'm recharged by being alone and having time to reflect. And there's been so much of that this year that I've learned so many new things about myself. I've tried so many new things. And when you're watching loss and change happen around you, for me, at least it was a year of really exploring my priorities, discovering what was important to me, what I wanted to put my energy into when my energy was limited. And that has been a really wonderful thing. I can look now and say, these are the things that are the most important to me because these are the things that I put my my time and energy into. And on, I don't know if it's a personal or a professional level, but in December, 2019, I was lucky enough to attend the People of Color Conference from the National Association of Independent Schools. And if there's any way for any of our listeners to learn more about this conference, or it was digital this year, if any of the sessions are open, it was a foundational shift for me at the way I look at teaching and the way I've looked at my own whiteness and privilege and what I was bringing with me into my teaching. And so when I got back from that conference, I had a bunch of titles that I wanted to look at, a bunch of books I wanted to read. And I decided that I was going to read one, at least one title dedicated exclusively to anti-racist reading and becoming a better ally and co-conspirator over the course of the year. I obviously did not picture what 2020 was going to be like when I started that in 2019, but that year of anti-racist reading, I'll be rounding it out. I'm halfway through my December read. And I think March and April got a little lost. <laughs> I don't know that I had or wrote about my my books those months, but that has been a truly transformational experience. And I'm going to keep going. There are more books that I want to read. There, There's no reason for me to stop. So that's going to continue into 2021. But that I think has been one of my favorite and the most important things that I've done this year. Nice. Nice. How about you? Yeah, for me, I think it is, has been jumping into these totally new things like the podcast and the EDD program. Oh, that little thing. Oh yeah. yeah that little thing. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and even, I mean, you know, within the EDD program, again, I have faced some imposter syndrome. I faced, you know, just being overwhelmed by being a student again, full time, but these all, they all remind me of the things that, you know, when we work with students and we give them, especially challenges and related to computer science and, you know, you know, it's going to be challenged, you know, you're going to make mistakes. And at the end you ask, you know, what was the most challenging? What was the most fun? And they're like the same thing, (laughs) you know, I feel like that. I feel like I've had that, that experience of the most challenging and the most fun combined in this EDD program. How many years is your program? So it's three years. So this is uh, semester one, first year down. Woohoo! And does that make you, that makes you more excited for the semesters coming up? Yeah, yeah. And, and it makes me more, feel more prepared and, and definitely like this was the right call. Oh, good. You know, because just diving into this, I, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what the classes would be like. There was just so many unknowns. Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, usually I know a little bit more going into something, even if it's new. (laughs) And this, I really didn't. I just kind of said, you know what? I need a change. I want to, you know, I knew, I'm pretty sure that after this, I will have gained a lot of knowledge that will help me in the things I want to do in the future. 
that that sort of gap of what what that is I just knew I needed to know it but I don't know what it is you know when you Mm -hmm. when you know you don't know something I mean I know exactly what you mean because when I got a contract in in July the head of my new school said we know you want we we want you to do a job we don't know what it is (laughs) yeah right and he you know he said you're not filling a slot that already exists I have no job description for you you're building something and we have no idea what it is or what it's going to look like we just know that we need you And so it was the exact same thing. I knew I needed a change. I knew that the skills that I was going to get from this experience were going to be incredibly valuable. And I had absolutely no idea whether the bridge was going to be under my feet when I stepped, but I'm glad I did. Yay. You know, leap, leap in the net will appear, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which, and we're both so lucky we leapt and the net appeared and that did not happen for so many people specifically this year. And so the fact that we were able to take risks and had opportunities waiting for us is, is pretty unbelievable. When I, we had a guest just a couple of weeks ago who, who said, yeah, I'm that person who switched jobs in the middle of a pandemic. And we were like, so did we, you know, (laughs) that that is a happy ending that not everyone got in 2020. But I, I, on the other hand, I'm also glad for, to leave 2020 behind. (laughs) Absolutely. And looking forward to 2021, what are you looking forward to? You know, when I, when we were at this point where it was about to become 2020, I think I had this mindset of, oh, what comes next? I am, maybe this is a weird thing to say, but I'm ending the year much more optimistic than I started it. I might be one of the only people in the world to say that, but um, <laughs> I, I, I really felt stuck and didn't know what to do. And so my year went from, oh, what comes next to what? comes next. Like I have no idea what I'm going to be doing at this time next year. It's very likely that my job's not going to exist anymore because it's just not going to be needed. And I'm really, really excited to see where I go from here. Like, am I gonna, is there going to be a new job that I get to build? Am I going to go somewhere else? Am I going to be in schools? Am I going to have started something? I really just, I'm excited to see what comes next because I have no idea what my next step is. And then the basic stuff. I'm excited to hug people again. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm really excited to go to the public library. Oh, I miss the library. <laughs> and they have been so great with curbside pickup, but that's that's just not the same happy place. Yeah. yeah. And I want to travel. I want to go places. We we love to travel as well. And I know this year has been particularly hard on my husband, who's an extrovert who loves people. And so I, I'm excited to get to be around people and to travel and for him to get to do the things that he loves again. Cause I don't mind spending the whole day on the sofa because I can visit a million different places in my brain. Cause that's my personality. But I think he's kind of scratching at the windows and really wants, <laughs> really wants post COVID life to yeah. come back. Yeah. yeah. What are you looking forward to? Well, I just, when you were talking about, you know, really sort of embracing the unknown, mm-hmm. I think, that COVID has taught us that the 2020 has taught a lot of us that, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can't beat them, join them kind of (laughs) mentality, (laughs) because, you know, it's just every month there was a new twist to that story and what was playing out. And, and I know we went, you know, we all went through different stages. Maybe it was a stages of grief. I don't know, but I feel like that acceptance stage that, okay, well, you know, let's put our best out there is where I feel like I'm at. I feel like, like, you know, there are 
that's a lesson that a lot of folks have gone through as well. So beyond that, but beyond like being excited about what's coming next, I'm also, you know, traveling obviously is a big one for us. Uh, we're hoping this summer is our 25th anniversary. Ooh. And so originally we had thought we'd like to, you know, go to Europe or something, but we're pretty sure that's not going to happen, but maybe we'll at least be able to go camping around <laughs> different uh, national parks. Make your own Europe. That's right. <laughs> of course, I'm looking forward to learning a lot. And this program almost is uh, over. You like, <laughs> like, I can't take it all in. It's, it's a fire hose. Uh, yeah. So I've definitely learned to be like, okay, what are the things that you know, are going to help me with the tech girls or with the podcast or with, you know, computer science for all um, having those filters as all this stuff is coming in has been very helpful for me. And of course, I'm uh, also eager to share with others. Yeah. Again, You're through so podcasts, through tech girls, through whatever, um, because, you know, I want more of more folks to appreciate all the cool stuff that's happening at the intersection of uh, technology and literacy. Well, I bet there are 2,582 listeners that appreciate it a little, just, just a little number I, I pulled out of nowhere. I <laughs> appreciate yeah. it more. I was just, while you were talking, I was thinking, uh, we normally go to Pittsburgh for New Year's. My uh, our family lives there and we love spending New Year's with them. It's become a tradition. We're obviously not going this year, but last year, I believe it was New Year's Day, we were walking around outside just taking a walk, getting some air in Pittsburgh and talking about resolutions for the year. And I had decided that my resolution was going to be to focus on the one step in front of me, even if I couldn't picture the entire staircase, which is really hard for me. That's just not the way my brain works. I want to see every single step that's coming so I can plan for step 34 before I've taken step two. And so that was my resolution for 2020 was to think about just focus on one step at a time. And as I'm listening to us talking and reflecting. I was like, man, we really all got forced into my resolution this year, didn't we? Like, it's like a Freaky Friday situation where I said it and the entire globe had to do it. So sorry, everyone. But hopefully you are feeling as satisfied with your work on focusing on step one as I am, because that's a tough resolution and nothing will push you into it like a, a global pandemic push it just flipping everything upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, I have no interest in a resolution this year. (laughs) None at all. I'll just keep, I'll keep yours. That sounds like a good one to keep going with. Well, I told you about the resolution that I stumbled upon this past week, didn't I? No. uh -uh. I read Megan Rapinoe's, I guess it's a memoir, but yeah, it's, she wrote it with a ghostwriter. So it's kind of part biography, part memoir. She's a very famous women's soccer player from the United States. She's known for her um, short pink hair and her incredible soccer skills and being very outspoken politically. And I read her memoir and she talked about as much as people have loved her for her playing and for what she represents in standing up for people who are underrepresented. She also, people are not a big fan of her because of what she represents on the other side of the spectrum. And she, during her infamous World Cup game, scored a goal and kind of stood up tall and put her arms out and just took up space and was not a stereotypical woman. She did not meet those expectations of making herself smaller and being humble and and 
being almost apologetic for her skills. And when the team came back to the United States and attended a celebration, she was handed, I believe, a trophy. And she said, I deserve this. I've worked hard. I'm good at what I do. I deserve this, which sparked so much backlash. And in this book, in the final pages, she talks about how saying out loud, I deserve this and taking that pose where she puts her arms out wide and kind of claims her space was for her. And it's for every woman that has been underpaid and told that they need to be humble and that they need to sit down and that the idea was never theirs in the first place. And, and she's speaking for everyone. And she says, you know, put your arms out wide and claim your space. And she, she's not saying be cocky. She's not saying be rude. She's not saying put anyone else down. There's room for everyone at that table, but she just has this message of stand up tall, arms out wide, claim your space. And I heard that and I was like, okay, that's it. I think I found it. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to take your resolution again. Arms out wide, claim your space. Yeah. <laughs> will do. Will do. <laughs> well, Sarah, let's wish this year a fond farewell. No, a goodbye. <laughs> yeah, we're okay seeing you go 2020. You know, like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Thanks for leaving. Nothing. <laughs> Thanks for... <laughs> You know, as clearly there were good things this year, but I think there's going to be even more good things next year. We're ready for 2021. All right. Well, again, thank you all so much for those of you out there listening. And again, say hi to us. All right. Until 2021. Tech, love, and happiness.